right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of What's Your and Binge, a podcast brought to you by Joe and Chris. I'm Chris. Joe's not here today. I, today I'm going uh, by my onesies, and I've got a couple special guests with us today. I've got the uh, new releasing artist, Brother Jonas, Jonas Cowan, and Lacey Jean. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing fabulous. Real fabulous? Well. Thank good you, deal. Chris. Good deal. So uh, today we're doing uh, something a little bit different. Obviously, we're going to talk to people about what they're binge watching. But also, uh, these are a couple friends of mine uh, locally here that are releasing a new album. What's the release date, out, uh, Jonas? It's August 19th. August 19th. New album is called Parlor Tricks, uh, two-volume set. The first volume is going to be released on the 19th. That's Exhibit A. Exhibit A. Exhibit B will be available uh, around the first of the year. Okay. And Exhibit A, that comes out on... 19th. 19th. And is it going to be available on Spotify? They buy it on Apple? What? All, all of your major outlets and some of your not major outlets. Yeah, we, okay. got, a, we got a good spread. Good deal. Good deal. So, um, as we get into this, obviously we're going to talk about what it is that you guys are binge watching that's the lead-in for the show and then we're going to do some live music which is a little bit of a, a a different approach what we do on the show regularly for season one and like i told everybody for season two we're going to be changing up a few things and and doing some live stuff with artists and things like that but uh what getting yourselves into this 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 second album for you What's the biggest influences for you music-wise? I mean, what got you to really pick up the guitar and start playing? And then what's, what's actually inspired you to actually put music and words together? Uh, well, what inspired me to put music and words together, obviously, was just this crazy thing we call life. But what really pushed me into it, I'm sorry, my dad obviously would hate this because my dad's a great musician, but what made me want to start playing was Prince. Uh, 1984, I was in 8th grade, maybe? Purple Rain. Purple Rain, yeah. man. And uh, Prince. Okay, all right. So, yeah, Prince is a, an incredible influence on everybody. And, and anybody who's musically talented, I can't say everybody, but anybody who inspires to be a true musician, somebody who's a songwriter, a music composer... If you look back over the past 40 years, one of the biggest and most influential people that's not just all pop like Michael Jackson was is Prince because of the way he was able to combine blues, rock, with soul, have R&B included in there, and then have such a video presence with the Purple Rain, with Cherry Moon, and everything else he did after that. You're, t you're talking about just such a huge influence on so many people that his songwriting writing abilities, like a lot of people, like maybe this is passe knowledge now, but a lot of people don't realize the fact that he could go in the studio and play 36 instruments right. while he wrote the lyrics to everything that it is that he wrote. So him being an influence on somebody um, now, you know, we're talking, what, four years since his passing. Uh, and uh, uh, just... Um, I can't believe he's gone. Yeah, I know, man. It's, but uh, bear, bear in mind that Prince at 18 was the first, and he may still be the only, but I know he was the first artist uh, at Columbia, maybe? It was in Columbia, who his deal was he produced himself. Mm -hmm. And he had to go in for the executives. and they 
produced the music. He 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 went really? in and did tracks, yeah. and they and, watched and the, him engineer it. And the studio, the, the whole thing. And the uh, story on that is: whenever you watch Purple Rain, you see that uh, that venue that they play in in Minneapolis. And re- uh, record executives came and actually saw him perform at the age of 18. And here's this little bitty skinny dude with this big ass fucking Q-tip afro. Yeah. And he's up there just totally getting down, playing keyboards, playing guitar and everything. And they're like, well, we got to give him a deal, but we don't really know what it is that he does. Right. And his first album that came out was like actually a disco album. I am amazed, Chris, that you have you know this much about Prince. This yeah. is funny because uh, I've been talking about him a lot here lately, and uh, it just Prince is. Well, he was a voice of our generation. He's kind of like Bruce Lee to me. I mean, he's one of those unique individuals. Yeah. Who cuts across <clears throat> genres, and, uh, but. And he was a he was a very lonely, tragic individual. If you look at the if you especially the last twenty years of his career well, from from the get go, he was he isolated himself. Mm-hmm. The beautiful thing I think about, he got a lot of that from his dad. He got a lot of that because he, he he his broken family life. He lived with a lot of cousins, a lot of stepsisters and mm-hmm. brothers. Uh, he bounced a lot. He didn't have he didn't have any solid foundation. But after after he died, I started checking him out again, mm-hmm. and. And there, it's odd. What Prince did for me, Purple Rain, that, that song, this slow 6-8 gospel thing, with that Where long Where he brings extended, it in so slow and then it fucking elevates. I, that opened doors. And so I thought he liked Carlos Santana and Hendrix, this mm-hmm. name. Hendrix. Who influenced Hendrix? Buddy Guy. Who was Buddy Guy? Where'd he come from? Mm-hmm. Muddy Waters. Yeah. And that's how, he was my doorway. There's to the blues. It's really, it's really weird how many people that you can trace back their steps and at the origin of it, whether you're talking about Chris Cornell, if you're talking about Eric Clapton, or if you're talking about Prince, or if you're talking about Hendrix, where the road leads back to Muddy. And it's so fucking cool because Elvis. I didn't was know even that influenced. about Cornell. And it, oh yeah, very. Much. And I really like Cornell's vocals. Yeah. But 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 see that to me that that's you, the uh, testament. I'm sorry. No no, you know where all the roads lead back to. Led uh, Amber. And and uh, whenever you're you're dealing with somebody who's that much of an influence on what you currently do, what kind of a what kind of an attachment or aspiration do you have? Are you are you looking for any of your songs to actually come through so someone can hear it and they can say, "Oh, I can feel Prince in that album or in that song." Or I feel muddy in that song. I feel the influence coming from it. How much? How much of a direct correlation do you really get from those early influences for you and the album that you're putting out on the nineteenth? Very little. Okay. Uh, what I feel, as far as what I feel, very, very little. Um, what What I always loved about the blues is is that it was a family. Everybody. Everybody, it, it truly was because everybody came from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Like this small movement, it was spread out. But but what we consider the blues came from Mississippi to Chicago, and that became rock and roll. That little strain of blues, uh, Chicago blues is Delta blues, electrified, and that's what became rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, then the songwriter With Chubby and Jerry Lewis, right, and That's what right. turned it into rock yeah. and roll. Yeah. But the songwriter in me. You know, the, the guy that really digs Towns Van Zandt and Willie Nelson, um, that guy it, it doesn't really care about the influences. At that point, you're, you're just using the palettes you have on your, the colors you have on your palette, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to tell your story. Gotcha. So at that, I, I've always, 
when I was younger, I always wanted to contribute because I loved the blues. I loved it how it alleviated my feelings. If you if you if you got the blues, you got to play them away, or you're gonna drink them away, or you're gonna smoke them away. You're gonna That's do something That's part of to what the blues is. Yeah. yeah, but if you can play them, you can get you can get a rain on them. Right. Um, but that's not so much the case anymore. Anymore, it's it's more about what I'm trying to say, what I got, try to get out, and it's more about just being me. Okay. And that's a, and that's where Muddy was coming from. So in a way, it's it's getting mature in your music, you okay. know, to where it's like, and a lot of people come out of the door like that. And those guys, a lot of times, I don't like. It's like you ain't paid no dues. You ain't, you know. I mean, Prince was special because. He turned me on to music that wasn't his, and so I look for artists that do that. Right, I do. I don't. He know led other you down the do. road to. I look hope. Somebody I hope people see my influences in my stuff, because I saw Prince's influences, or they were pointed out to me, and that turned me on to good things. Okay, that's the answer to the question. The uh, whenever you hear one of your songs being played, you can you can see where you pulled that influence from, or you can hear it. Mm -hmm. And whenever I rip you can, shit off, whenever, whenever, yeah, you know, there's, 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 there's no way, there's, there's no, no better, new art. Yeah, there's no you know, new it's, art. It's just a new interpretation. Exactly. Of it. And um, you know, as far as uh, you, Lacey. Yes, sir. Bringing you into the conversation here. Um, obviously, you play the fiddle. I do. Right. And for everybody out there who's not familiar with that term, uh, fiddle's basically a violin played in a very different way. Well, there's a difference between the violin and the fiddle. Okay. It's about six beers. Gotcha. <laughs> See? And that's what I'm talking about. It's all in the <laughs> attitude. <not> that. <laughs> it's all it's all in the attitude on how you put it out there. And you're taking something that's considered to be a very classic instrument, something that was played, you know, with Bach in mind and Mozart in, in totally, mind. Yeah. And and now you're putting a bend on it because yeah. of the influence of a few beers. Yeah. And now we're talking about <laughs> You know, is, is it is is it now bluegrass or is it blues or or are we melding it into that country and then country <coughs> rock sound? Things that you know, uh, like the most famous fiddle player of all time, we just lost a couple months ago. You know, Charlie. Um, most people wouldn't know the difference between a fiddle and a violin yeah. without Charlie Daniels and and the Georgia came down. That's my number one most asked question, by the way. Okay. Is the difference between violin and fiddle. Right. And that is my answer. That's your answer time. across the board. Across That's a good board. answer. And, <laughs> uh, it, you know, if you think about it, if you're able to see somebody play classically or live on stage in a blues or a rock setting yeah. and everything, hearing that explanation uh, is... Um, like you're cutting to the meat of it there, really. Oh, you yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. And, and it's all in the feeling it's, it's as opposed to playing the notes. It's right? definitely so, you know, playing the notes. You know, I read music, and, and, that's, and okay. that's a happy... So you're classically trained? I'm classically trained. Happy place for me, reading music, you know. <clears throat> the orchestra, and, and playing a different symphony orchestras for me is um, giving me a lot of... Uh, not to sound... sound may sound kind of vain, but chops. It gives you chops. Oh, I get it. Right? Yeah. Um, From a comedy standpoint, I understand getting your chops. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's like you, you having time up on stage and being able to oh, fucking yeah. eat a bag of dicks in front of fucking everybody. Eat or, a big fat sack of dicks. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> or, or tear All the day room long. up. You know, blow the roof up. And, and there's, and, and, and it takes experience, not so much longevity, but the repetition 
yeah. to be able to see the difference between the All two the time. of them. Over and over. And you know, I, like I've got a couple stories I, I I do for comedy bits and whatnot, and one of the big ones that I have is. is um, you know, what kind of psychopath takes a son to go see Jaws at the age of seven at a drive-thru? Oh, my God, my dad. Yeah, uh, and um, uh, so um, it, it's a hysterical story, but at, at the beginning, whenever I told it, I told it from a point of childhood fear of why I'm afraid of yeah. the ocean instead of turning it around in why this will make you fucking laugh. And that's right. that's what Chops is, being yeah. able to separate that story and flip it around. Totally. And the... the it, because of the symphony, definitely the orchestra gave me the chops to do some of the things that I get to do, especially in the blues. And some of the stuff on this album and the future stuff and stuff that Jonas and I do. And um, uh, I mean, I'm not saying I have like you know, the greatest chops in the world, but she but does. you do have she she does you do have the experience and she, and you, she's and the you best do have the wherewithal. <laughs> Jonas is bragging on her a little bit, but you do have the wherewithal to be able to to understand the difference. Definitely, and, and I see it. It just seems like a lot of attitude. And uh, uh, when you're in a symphony orchestra, there's a lot of attitude. It's, it's very kind of uh, people are kind of first seat versus back row. Oh yeah, it's, it's honestly yeah. it's real stuck up. I'll say it all. People can hear me. I don't care. Yeah, it's real stuck up. It's uh, everybody is a virtuoso, but. Um, Everybody's the prodigy of their everybody, family. Oh, my God, of, of course. Yeah, you know, sure. I've been taking lessons since I was, you know, I was still in so, diapers. And you talking, were, about, talking about yeah. playing with a symphony and orchestra, who'd you play with? Orchestra-wise or, like, famous people-wise? All of the above. Lay it out for yeah. me. Tell, tell me your resume. Yeah, tell, tell us what's up. I'll do it if you don't. Uh, well, so I've played with... Uh, Currently, I've got a contract with the Owensboro Symphony, Evansville Philharmonic, and Orchestra okay. Kentucky. Um, but I take gigs with, like, you know, Kenny Rogers and Three Dog Night and Blood, Sweat, Tears. And, um, Air so, Supply. What? Then you play with Air Supply? I played with Air Supply. That was just about a year ago, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, so, did you tour with them, or did you play spots? Yeah, so what I do is uh, they come into an area, and they were like, we need a violin player that can read a show mm-hmm. and uh, read, read a rehearsal and read a show. For a lot of people out there that don't know, like uh, these bands that come in and they have a brass section up on the stage yeah, or whatever the case is. we have charts. They're usually regional yeah. like whenever they come yeah. in because the days of Chicago and Fleetwood Mac from yeah. Tusk and all that yeah. stuff, those days have been over for 30 yeah, years. So I, I grew up on the road. My old man played the horn section with Chicago and Fleetwood Mac. Oh, man. He played in Tower of Power. Power, no, power, yeah, shut power the power. fuck up. Yeah. So whenever, whenever, <laughs> Fleet, yeah. so whenever, Fleet, whenever Fleetwood Mac, uh, yeah. Fleetwood Mac did the Tusk, yeah. in Miami, in, in, yeah. in Miami Stadium, I'm in a papoose on my mom's fucking back. This at is beautiful. This is so you. You are like my chil- my person. My personal children have you uh-huh. know, been in the same situation. Right. You we should. were at Bull Island. We were Bull uh, Island yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, in all of these things, like there's newspaper clippings and whatnot, and all this shit. I don't remember it obviously because yeah. I was you know in diapers still or four years yeah. old, whatever. But uh, we traveled on the on the road. Um, my old man played with um, Blue Oyster Cult, mm. and uh, for my fifth birthday, um, 
we were at a bar. This is like in Alabama or Arkansas or whatever the case mm-hmm. is. And they bring in a Huffy with all this Harley Davidson shit on of it. And whenever I'm fucking, ra- I know it's a bike, I'm wrapping all the gift paper on. Yeah. Blue Oyster comes out. Now you're messing with a son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I know. They played a cover. Shut up. Yeah. No they kidding. Played, they, they played a cover because my old man played with, with both of them. That's crazy. That's yeah. really badass. Yeah, and uh, so uh, <laughs> it usually it usually goes. Uh, I get a call from a contractor, and you get known. So you're mm-hmm. known as a person that can do. You're reliable, and you're you reliable. show up. And... You're, you're you're a person that can do the job that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And uh, we mm-hmm. got a gig, certain town. And they don't tell me when, so usually I'll walk in, and uh, I have no idea. It could be Vince Gill, or it could be uh, right. Okay. And uh, one of my favorites, uh, Glenn Campbell. So if you're going in cold, they're not expecting you just to read off the sheet. I'm sight reading. Okay. All right. Yeah, so I'm That's sight, awesome. I'm, I'm sight reading. Okay. So uh, I get a call from, are you going to play with Glenn Campbell? I was like, he sings a song I know, doesn't he? Uh, that, what's that? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah. It gets worse. It gets way worse right. than this. That Wichita lineman thing, right? He's a singer. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, cool. I'll do the gig. And I get there, and, uh, you know, we do the rehearsal. It was really cool. And during the show, uh, so we, you know, get to the show, and Glenn walks outside, and he's got a guitar in his hands. And I was like, oh, my God, here we go. Another singer who thinks he can play the guitar. Like, this oh, is going to Oh, Campbell su- can really play. Oh, but yeah. I don't, but I don't, I don't know this. Okay. I think, I just think he's the guy singing Wichita Lineman. Now, whenever, whenever you're looking at it that way, does it come from your time playing with the orchestras and, and the symphony? The, the or- with the orchestras. Because beginning. you look at other musicians that way, maybe? Kind well, of for, uh. No, it's from the bars. From being around guitar players. Being okay. around guitar players. Okay. Being, a lot of full of shit guys. Dude, oh man. <laughs> I, not to, can, can I be a little bit negative? I don't want to be the negative it's person. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, you, you experienced you, it. You got the guy, and he's got the guitar slung on, slung on his back, and he's just never even touches it or he knows three chords or whatever and I'm and I'm thinking this guy I'm like oh god here we go again the same thing and he whips this thing around he's got it he's got it a uh, cowboy style right so he doesn't even have the buttons in mm-hmm. he's got his guitar on cowboy style Roy Clark used to be really famous for doing it that way for really who did not know him he would just come out with it slung over his back and looking like just you know just he a looked, cowboy guitarist he looked guitarist. like a damn hobo that was and he could sit down sing. and play the fucking just like 12 string classical shit like he was real fucking famous for doing that well Glenn Glenn uh, whipped his guitar around and sort of shredded my brain and I felt like a total fucking idiot you feel like a dick oh, I was like, you're like yeah. what? and I, I was like who the fuck is this guy then I go back at the time I was working at a music store my background's classical okay. so I'm a little bit behind as far as Contemporary, certain, certain music. contemporary okay. artists, right? And I was like, man, guys, I had this gig with Glenn Campbell and blah, blah, blah. What? Oh my God. And I was like, he really could play that guitar. And uh, they all, they're like, Lacey, he is a session dude. Like, he is a guitar player. Yeah, he's a recording session artist. I had no, yeah. but, he's a monster. He, he yeah. was a but it was such, it was so great. It was so great though. The sit that's there. a cool way to have your mind blown. For, it it was, sure. it was so great because I was like, oh my god, now he's got a guitar and it's cowboy style. Like I said, he's. What got, do you mean by cowboy style? So, slung the way it's slung. So instead Define of uh, instead of having a, a uh, I don't know if it's a a, a screw 
like on your you head. mean sock? Oh, the the the. He's the got strap a, is behind. He's got the, a strap tie. is tied. Oh, he's gotcha. got a tie, right? Okay. Yeah. He looks like a guy that's never played guitar in his life, but wants to look cool with a guitar. He slings it around and he just shreds this shit to pieces <sighs> while singing. Um, and this was pre. This was pre uh, Alzheimer's. Right. Uh, Obviously. Yeah. Uh, still bad when he had Alzheimer's. Yeah. And I'm just going. What am I watching here? Like, how is this guy doing this thing? And he studioed and did a and did a live piece while he had Alzheimer's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the studio things that he did, I think he uh, recorded with a couple of different people. One yeah. of them being Waylon, and the other one, um, I don't want to say Willie, but he did studio record with them while he was full on fucking Alzheimer's. He was still touring well, you know, up to it. Yeah. And I don't. And I don't <clears throat> look down on. You know, I'm, I don't. Let me let me let me tell you about Lacey confided in me earlier. She taught her daughter how to play guitar. Okay. Just so she would not be impressed by, by guitar dumbass players. guitar players. Okay. Good right. good for you. Yeah, definitely. That's and, what I said. Yeah, because you know, if you uh if anybody who's like if if you work in bars and you have live acts come in, if I you're the bartender or whatever, it's easy to get impressed. My worst nightmare is my daughter sitting there. At a bonfire. And falling in love with a And the guy, guy across from her is singing. Is that the worst thing ever? No, 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 no. The guy across from her is looking her like right in the eyes and he's singing, I don't practice Santeria. <laughs> ain't got no crystal ball. I have you like my buddy Chico? <laughs> it's Sorry, not going to sway my kid, man. That's good, man. That's cool. That's cool. Learn some different songs, Chico. That's the point of this bit. Uh-huh. But, but uh, often uh, doing that stuff, I've had two or three situations where I was blown away by somebody because I didn't really know who they were, mm-hmm. which also helped me because we could just chit chat and have coffee together. Yeah, because if you don't know they're famous, you don't no, treat them like they're like, famous. Well, Glenn, yeah. you want to go get some coffee? Well, let's have some coffee. That's great. Yeah. Um, Johnny Cowan is another. Do you know who John Cowan is? Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I eventually got to tell him this story. I don't know if I'm talking too much. No, you're fine. Know. No, okay. you're cool. With uh, you want to play Johnny Cowan? I'm like, never heard of him. Sounds great. Let's do it. Whatever. Um, and uh, so I'm playing with John Cowan. Amazing. The vocals right right away because mm-hmm. that's what hit me. Yeah. I was like, he's oh, got range. This, this see, I don't know John Cowan, but oh, I get asked I'll, all the time. I will show you if I'm yeah. related. I'm like, I'm, I'm like this. This guy can sing like nobody can sing. Yeah. yeah. He's a guitar player. He's got his whole yeah, band. He's got perfect like that. pitch with range. Yeah, uh, right. He's he's touring with the Doobie. It's horrible. It's he's horrible. touring. With, he's touring with the Doobie Brothers right now. But uh, uh, I sat there. I was like, oh man, this this guy. He's guy. He sounds so good. And I thought in my head, uh, we went out to smoke cigarette, me and Johnny Cowan, and and I said, man, you are just really great. You're really gonna make something of yourself someday. The motherfucker's already got like. Oh, he's got five platinums. How many platinums? Yeah. Like, oh my god, I yeah. said that. I mean, yeah. So he's played with Cowan? Vince Gill, and he's played. He's, but he's also a lead act on unto his own. Yeah. And he's he's yeah. really well known I, in I country know circles. Yeah. And when I, when I re ran into him about five or six years later, I was like, John. He was like, I remember Lacey. We did this gig there and there and there, and I was like, man, I was not being condescending. I just don't know much. Uh-huh. And he was like, he laughed so hard. He said, he said that was the, he was like, that's the sweetest thing ever. There's nothing you know? wrong with being sincere about what you don't know. He he is know? he is definitely one of the nicest guys in music ever. That's I want cool. to put that out there. 
Um, That's very cool. I was like, John Cowan, you are just going to go so far. <laughs> and you know what? He, he never said, I got like 50 11. He didn't laugh at all. He, what, what was his facial expression? We were smoking. He was like, thanks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what is a guy supposed to say? He, you know? he was the most, like, uh, great, gratiating. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, professionals. Professional and yeah. gracious, yeah. gracious human mm-hmm. being. Um, gracious. That's awesome. Uh, and yeah. uh, so, you know, whenever you're coming up through school, um, for both of you, actually, this, this, this is a question for being able to sight read or read music or be able to hear what you wanted to on the radio and instantly be able to play it. Like, when did that arc start for you guys? For me? Go ahead. Because I grew so I grew up in the, um, I learned violin in the school system. Okay. So I learned to read. Is and that EVSE or were you? Uh, uh, Owensboro. Okay, so, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, and so reading became uh, my everything. That's the only thing I knew how to do. But I'd always wanted to, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I wanted to play blues. I wanted to play rock and roll. I wanted to do the thing. From the get? You wanted to play blues because that's like a. Really... I wanted to play classical, but I wanted to play. I wanted to play. I wanted to play everything. Right. You know what I mean. Gotcha. But I noticed these cats up there. Because blues on... is something you end up kind of developing a love for when you start. But music these these blues deal, these blues know? cats are on stage, man. They're not looking at music. Right. No, they're just playing from heart. So I'm I'm sitting there thinking, well, how do you do that? That's impossible. And uh, honestly, it's they're uh, just totally riffing. No, I'm just, I, just off the cuff. You no, know? I'm I'm just like I'm just amazed. I'm just like, well, that's just a it's like a miracle of, like that I'll never be because able you're to do so that. you're so sheet trained. She, I'm totally sheet trained. Gotcha. I'm on the sheet. I don't I don't have a lot of theory. Um, I'm on the notes, and so basically, I just have to admire it and from afar. But at the beginning, that's the way you felt. I, I yes, okay. I I admire. So Jonas, it. for you. For you, whenever you started playing, the first time you picked up a guitar, did you start reading sheet music? Did you play no. by feel or what? The, the first time I, 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 my dad plays and he's a preacher. So okay. I wasn't really into anything dad wanted me to do. He tried to start me at eight. I wasn't into it. Typical preacher's kid. Yeah. Yeah, except that I, <laughs> Sounds I, like I, it. Sounds I, like except it. Except yeah. that I was a good kid. I really was good when nobody was around because I really believed that shit, you know, that I was being watched anyway. But at 15 or 16, about 15, that movie came out with Ralph Macchio. Yeah, the crossroads. Oh, yeah. And I realized that. And that can get me chicks. Yeah. And girls liked it. Mm -hmm. And from the get-go, see, what my dad wouldn't want you to know is that dad... He can play the blues. I mean, he could play. I mean, he played. I mean, the way I play St. Louis blues now, the way I play a blues in E now is, is strictly Jimmy Cowan. Um, I'll, I'll throw in some Lightning Hopkins or some Robert Johnson in that key, that, that technical, whatever. But the way I play it, the turnarounds I use is the language I use. That's that's Jimmy Cowan, Wheat Crawl, Kentucky. Learned from Crawford Cowan from Blind Bob, who was a blind black guy that played on the streets when there were seven saloons in that coal mine. No better town. fucking person to learn from. Right. No shit. <laughs> right. Dad, 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 damn. Dad, Dad could play them blues, but he wouldn't play them. He, he got me he got mad at me one day at a music store because I wanted him to show up these young cats who were playing all this rock. He's like, Jonas, you don't play blues in public. 
And that's a real old. So it was that's a closeted old, that's thing. A, that's an yeah. old school. Pop. I don't know yeah. this. For a person, this, tell me more about this. Old old school blues is you don't play blues in public. Right. Blues is what you played behind closed doors. What you played at the barrel house. Especially whenever he was coming up for a white guy. And, well, especially if you're a preacher. But right. I mean, period, if you were a black person, if you were a respectable uh, African American mm-hmm. person, was it? You did not play blues in public. Was it? A, if you were, if you did, if you were a known blues singer. He, uh, the black church. It's kind of like being be typecast. So was it kind of? Yeah, you know, except you could get rid out of town on a rail. Was right. it? Was you it? A, okay. Was it like a racial thing, or was it like a no, sexy thing? Well, no, no, it was a. It, well, it, it probably was a racial thing, uh, mm-hmm. but the racial thing was tied into the morality of where in this part of, of the places, country. What yeah. kind of places was that kind of music played in? It wasn't played in church. Okay, it was so played your dad, in places where you gambled and caroused and danced. Ah. Your dad, to me, is feeling like either Baptist or Pentecostal. Baptist. Okay, all right. So the only kind. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you're dealing with uh, a lot of a lot of hard, strict guidelines on how you're supposed to appear to everybody. But in the but, back, but, but not as much as my thing. I mean, yeah, it was always there. I mean, I'm not really big on the religious upbringing. But let me tell you, my old man, it. my old man was funny. Is funny and a great musician, very charming, a good storyteller, and and the music was. I mean, he's a big Chet Atkins guy. Okay. But when I picked up the guitar, I mean, it was. I I didn't have his natural talent. I mean, you know, they grew. Up, he grew up listening to the radio like Muddy Waters. Mm-hmm. They learned Muddy Waters. Uh, like all those all those old blues cats. The Grand Ole Opry on Sunday nights mm-hmm. was what they tuned into and listened. Oh yeah, definitely. And that's how my dad was. Uh, Even though they blackballed Hank, whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, but they blackballed Hank because he was getting a little bit too close to the juke joint. Right. Yeah. Uh, You didn't behave a certain way. Yeah. But when I picked up guitar, I mean, I just wasn't that good. I I didn't have a natural ear. Um, Nobody's good when they first. Well, what I'm saying, I I I didn't start. I I learned that I learned how to read. I learned to read tablature and whatnot. But I started writing because I figured, I I can't play this. I can't play that. I don't know how to do that. But I can do something similar. Were you and writing make it up. Lyri- Were you writing yeah. lyrics or yeah. notes? Lyrics. Okay. I'm yeah. so jealous. So then uh, yeah. you're you're taking those lyrics and then transposing it to what's this sound like? Even though you're not sheet trained or you know musically trained as far as reading music, how did you start applying those original lyrics to the music? How how I had did you a develop? Really that? wonderful mentor. Uh, her name was Carolyn Tucker. She was. Um, a teacher of mine when I was very young and we reconnected when I was in high school and uh, we carried on a, a kind of a secret relationship uh, which I've never talked about in public before okay um, when I was in high school I was on the Cheers. academic team come by come by yeah. um, we had an academic team practice on Wednesdays I got really bored with the academic team you know punching buttons mm-hmm. and the only reason I was there was because I was a dork I couldn't answer a lot of questions, but when it came to mythology, if you wanted to know the name of Odin's eight-legged horse, uh-huh. Schlepner. Uh, you were that guy. I, I was gotcha. that guy. All right. Yeah. I mean, I knew that shit. I mean, I, Jason Ware got mad at me one day. There's no way you could possibly know that. Look it up. Yeah. And look how many times my name occurs on the library card of that Norse mythology book. That makes me so in. happy to hear this. That's, but that's I, I started, she encouraged me to start writing, and I played the first song I ever wrote for her. And um, she's a published author now. We share poetry together. And what she told me was, because I was very frustrated. I mean, I couldn't play the way I wanted to. 
and uh, very much into Prince at that time. And obviously, I can't be Prince. I don't have any hair now. I was very frustrated that my hair wouldn't do the things they were supposed to do. Dude, the whole ball. Yeah, well, he could do all kinds of shit with his hair, man. Yeah. But she said, and this is very important, she's like, you just keep writing. Do not stop writing because the music will catch up. Okay. The music will catch up. And that was, it, that the, was her advice to you? The, well, that was one thing okay. she said. She was very, very influential in my life, Carolyn Tucker. Okay. Um, I wish I could remember the name of her first published novel. It was, it's, it's a beautiful thing. We'll have it in the notes. Everyone needs to read. Um, but the power of her words, the honesty, that was, that's, that's the now one she, thing. Is she that, uh, Central important. Kentucky? She's from Kentucky. Okay. Very much a Kentucky author. Very much a southern rural author. Gotcha. And that's... As much as I dislike where I come from, because there's not a lot of gigs there, and only one traffic light, <laughs> uh, that's where I come from, and that's what I do, you know? Right. So does okay. she. Yeah. So, you know, with these uh, influences, and the first time that you pick up your instrument, and you and you figure out that, you know, that's home, where my fingers go, and, and for you, as far mm. as picking up the, the, the bow itself, and, and striking the chords, and you picking up, you know, a 12-pound piece of wood, and turning that into something that people want to hear. The influences that got you to that point, whenever you first wanted to perform in public, when was the first time for either of you? From and, the beginning. And did it go well? And <laughs> From the beginning. From the beginning. As soon as you picked up the bow and, and hit a yeah. chord, you were down. Okay. It doesn't mean that I did it. No, I did it well. I get but, it. Uh, <laughs> right. And, yeah. and what was the first time like for you whenever you knew that you hit it right? So, as far as non-classical music, mm-hmm. what uh, what I did to because I was so desperate to learn what these guys were doing, you know, on stage, just right. just looking at each other and figuring it all out. Feeling off of each yeah, other, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I start, I start dipping my, toes. I start dipping my toes in the water. Okay. So I get with, you know, there's a small band. They need, you know, a little something, something. And I was like, well, I can maybe figure that out. And uh, so I'd go improvise and, mm-hmm. uh, and well, hell, it went well. Okay, I did that without music. Uh, without sheets in front of no, you. For no, no sheets, time. no sheets. You know, first. Was that like a revelation for you? Like, uh, you feel this and, you It was know. one of the biggest revelations I've okay. ever had in my whole fucking life, gotcha. if I may say so. Right. Uh, so I was like, well, I can go further. I can do more. I can do more, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a as a musician, and I hope, I, like, it's not arrogant to call myself a musician, but but I, I feel like I listen. Mm-hmm. And so I listen for the space, and I'm listening for the space, and when to put myself in there, and uh, I'm like, okay, it's now time. It's time to go in there, and um, dipping my toes in the water, and uh, I just listened and uh, found space where maybe that I should play. Mm-hmm. And so the first times it worked. Okay. I mean, there's a couple times it was like weird and yeah. awkward. It was like it was like, and okay. eh, I'm a thing. I started country was probably the first thing. Everybody and was that was, dependent on the people that you're on stage with? Yes, definitely. Okay, completely. All right, so Jonas, for you, the first time that you pick up and you're on stage or performing publicly, like what was the first time that you knew that you hit it right? What was that like? What What was the atmosphere and 
and where did that propel you from there? Um, they didn't have a guitar major at Murray State, and it, I knew that at 18 I had to get out of my dad's house. Um, okay. <laughs> and so Murray was the, the cheapest college. It was mm-hmm. a state college. In state, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, and they offered me, you know, they, we don't have a guitar major. They said the easiest thing for you to pick up is the cello. So I took cello lessons over a summer from my high school band director, Dennis Noon, whom I only knew because he taught a music theory course. And everything I know about theory, I learned from Dennis Noon. Um, And I went to Murray State, and I was the first chair cellist, because I was the only cellist. But you were the first chair cellist. It was horrific. Horrific. You were were the man with the plan. It was terrible. It was terrible. But during college... I, I I I got along with the theater people a lot better than the music department the music, people. Okay. Because the music department people were there to be choir directors. Right. And, and, yes. and, and yes. orchestra players. And the people in theater well, from, from the ground floor, everybody in theater was there to be fabulous. Well, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, on, and, on and, that. And, and so I met a guy named Toby Pruitt, who now is touring with a Marvel Comics He's a stuntman and an actor. He lives in um, he lives in Hollywood, <coughs> from Union from no, from Union City from Calvert City, Kentucky, or Union City, Kentucky. Toby Pruitt. He was the he was the guy that bought my first. He was the first stranger who bought my CD. Been there really in Hollywood, it, from CD Baby. It went to Toby Pruitt. Toby, if you hear this. Buddy, I love you. Kalua, 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 Kalua. Kalua is a good thing. Man, Toby and I broke laws, and we did a lot of things. And we and, and, and man, Toby took me to New York, and I had to leave because New York's too big. But he also took me to a little joint. He took me to some people in Nashville. Um, actually, it was um, Charlie Daniels' hometown right outside of Nashville, Lebanon, mm-hmm. Tennessee. We went into Nashville. There's a place at the time called the Oasis, and the Terry Mike Jeffries band got me up to play. And I said, "Do y'all know Red House?" Okay. And they didn't know Red House. It's slow blues and that. Mm-hmm. I got up and I did Red House. That's kind of a staple for a lot of. Yeah. But not for the Terry Mike Jeffries band at the time. You know, blues wasn't really that big at the time. Right. Um, anyway, I couldn't play my way out of a wet paper sack, but I was well received, okay. and and that. That pretty much my you know my college grades were already going down. That pretty, I, the, uh, that pretty much put the nail on the. Been coffee. there, done right. that. I remember that. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean that, so, that was the first time it really clicked. This is what I'm going to do. Okay, all right. So that was your first like receiving the the universal message that this is this is where my heart is. Gotcha. The universal head faint, like you gotcha. can do this, not knowing right. that it's going to be a fucking pain. Yeah. It's going to fuck you over for the rest of your yeah. life. You got to put in twenty years before you're uh, you know you're before there. you're dead. Yeah. And uh, um, and that's one of the weird things about the blues itself that, as far as people who have. All right, everybody, welcome back to another part. This is part two of uh, Jonas Cowan and Lacey Jean. Again, it's a podcast brought to you by Joe and Chris. I'm Chris, and we've got some uh, really cool playing going on here. I got Jonas with a steel sitting up here. And I got Lacey sitting up here with the fiddle. And uh, we are uh, going to sample some tunes here with them. Uh, they're they're kind of wanting to uh, riff a little bit. Take it away, guys. What are we listening to first? This is uh, Trouble in Mind. Okay. 
Exhibit A, as right. it's called, of uh, uh, Parlor Tricks. Uh, not at all like that. No, no. <laughs> but there's two arrangements, and that's more of a big Bill Brunsey thing. That's one of the few, that's like the only cover that I did on this whole collection. Yeah. But it's an okay. old, old song. And uh, we, did, we did it in C. Well, I used to do it in E. You know, which oh, is kind of oh. a different thing. A little bit of a different register as far as how you come in. Yeah, and it's more of a country blues gotcha. as opposed to a bluesy blues. It's just to fuck up the food. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. A bluesy blues would be like, Trouble in my But I won't be That's what's up. Okay, so um, I picked up, so that way, what, what you got recording, well, you'll be able to have it seeing this. Thank okay. you. Cool. Um, so whenever, whenever you guys are warming up to play the next, the next song, whenever, whenever uh, the new album drops, the arrangement or the set that you guys are picking up, is it all going to be from Exhibit A, or are you going to bring any of Testify in? Nobody's or? telling us what to do, so we're going good. to do whatever the fuck we want. That's what's up. Okay. Yeah. I like that's, that's very good. That's a very that's, good thing. That's just, it's that's what I like about playing with Lacey, is that mm. I've never met anybody who is, is off the cuff and able to pull I, I don't think I pull it off all the time, but it does. So if, if, we, if we go to off. Owensboro and... We hear you play at the blues festival there, and then you come here and you play at the Boca or whatever. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean back-to-back -back nights. We're not going to hear the same list. Not if we're on no. our game. No, not if we're doing it right. See, that's the beauty of blues, that you're able to do that. Yeah, you can classic rock and stuff that people have heard, they expect to hear the song. With, yeah. Within blues, if, you, if you're playing something off the record, blues people typically get a little irritated. Mm -hmm. They want to hear They want to hear. They want to hear your new they definition hear how you of feel. it. Yeah. And blues yeah. is organic and that's yeah. Bringing in today's feeling whenever you wake up and right. you go through your day's motion and you show up at 7.30 and get ready for that 9 o'clock set or whatever. This is Whenever you sit down to play, that can really determine a lot of how the sound actually comes out. Yeah. And um, there's not a whole lot of others that allow you to do that. Like if, if you go and see Metallica and they play of Wolf and Man or One, it's going to be the same thing one right. night after the next, even though it's fucking incredible and it blows right. the roof off. Right. But that's because they 
that kind of music dictates that you have to you play what everybody's used to hearing. Very you much like classical. And, and uh, whenever you're dealing with right. the blues. Straight up. Um, or, and, and I've always had this feeling, or I've always explained it this way, like uh, the lost American art form has. Uh, I believe that it is A, kayfabe, and B, the blues. Kayfabe? Kayfabe, yes. What's that? Kayfabe is whenever you go to the carnival and you know it's all fake, but they perform it in a certain way that you're able to buy in, kind of like pro wrestling. Suspension nice. of disbelief. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And uh, that is, I believe, the lost or the greatest American art form, um, and blues being the second, uh, which is uh, the, the creation of rock and roll and um, not outlaw country, but older country, the... Um, uh, the Grand Ole Opry way of playing playing things that actually was a form of blues. People don't give it credit for that. Yeah. Um, that they, song we just did, Trouble in Mind. Mm -hmm. There's white versions and there's black versions. Right. Because they were just poor people on the <coughs> black porches, and they played it differently. And you're playing but with what you got, and you're song. playing it that that yeah. day, depending on whether it's sweltering yeah. August heat or maybe you're sitting on the porch and it's yeah. cold. It might shorten everything up. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> shrink is never a good thing. Yeah, I was in the pool. Shrink it was just never cool. degrees of pain. Yeah. And uh, you know, blues blues gives that instant interpretation of that that you don't see with what you hear on the radio or yeah. what's played in videos, and and that's why I think a lot of people don't expose themselves to it because you can hear the same song twelve different ways. Yeah. And it, unless you're, you've really listened to it a whole lot, you don't know what to expect. And that throws a lot of people off. A lot of people really get kind of uncomfortable in their own they skin do. if they don't know what's coming next. And I don't understand that. And, and it, it, it's, a, it's a very what common that? thing. What is I, get, I get it. Like, yeah. I get it. I don't agree with it, but I get it. I don't people get it. want to go and they want to know what to expect. Do they? And then, then they can go see the symphony. And then, and you know, if you, <laughs> if you know what to expect, then you can gauge it against yeah. the other performances yeah. that you went to see what you expect. Right. And, you know, that's the difference between blues and rock, really. You're dealing with a three-chord har harmony. You're dealing with the way the bridge is put in and the chorus and everything. It's all the same. It's just the way that it's actually delivered. That's the difference between, yeah. between those two forms of music. So, the, the new album coming out on the 19th, that is a uh, broadband release, or what we call in the business is a broadband release where you're being put out on different platforms. You have Spotify, you have Apple, and all of that good stuff. Um, do you know if, uh, as far as from a production standpoint, are, are they being put out with tags where people are going to be able to find it easy, or are they going to have to know you? All they gotta do is it. Google Jonas Scott Callen Parlor Tricks. Okay. All right. Cool. CD Baby, it's available. It'll be available on the nineteenth. There's actually a page where you can go and sample uh, little tidbits of each song. Gotcha. I believe I sent that to you. Yeah, you sent it to me. Uh, yeah. So it is. It is at all the major outlets. It's, it's, <laughs> it is. It is media accessible. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So uh, Little Rip, what's next? It's a song about Indiana. All right, and the bullshit there we go. Well, there. Do you guys, can you guys see yourselves? Yeah. Okay, cool. You ready? Just play loud enough where I can hear you. Well, I'm playing as loud as I can. Okay. There are two of them. 
to yeah, this. it's fine. It picks up great. It's okay. Before you guys dive in, you know what the difference is between, you know, like everybody knows who Taylor Swift is, yeah. right? Okay. You know what the difference with uh, her being at the forefront of music now versus Stevie Nicks back in the day? What's that? Taylor Swift bitches about how much of a bo uh, dick her boyfriend was and she cries about it, whereas Stevie Nicks had her ex-husband up on stage yeah, singing to him about what kind of a dick he was while they play. That's what Stevie Nicks is of the bitch. That's the difference between old school and new school. That's not it. We'll do, we'll do, we'll do election day. I'm following Tuesdays for drinking, Wednesdays for work, Thursdays still for playing, the blues for what it's worth, Friday nights for hanging out, Saturday is the game, Sunday's. <laughs> Actually, I think I want to do it like um, Country Mile instead. Okay. I love this song. Okay. It's D2. Oh, darling, 
Oh, sweet child, woke up this morning and walked me a country mile. Walked me a country mile, good Lord, walked me a country mile. Woke up this morning and walked me a country mile. Here we That's a really soft register that's going on with that. And what note did you come in on? That's in the key of D. D. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Is so it that's too low to right. Carry over? You think? No, no, it'd be fine. Okay. It'd be no. I, I started just, off doing a different song, and then her phone rang, and you left, so we switched songs. That's yeah, that's cool. Country Mile. Okay, Country Mile. And is that an is that an original for you? That'll be on Exhibit B, Volume okay. Two of Parlor Tricks. Gotcha. Yeah. Not on the volume coming up. We never do what we're supposed to do. Uh, right. <laughs> right. No, that's cool. That's Thank totally God we cool. ain't got a manager. I know, right? right? Yeah. We try, we try. So um, we off try. of uh, the audience is able to kind of get a little bit of a spectrum of what it is that you have done. So we're talking about what the new releases are. What about uh, some, what's, what's your favorite to do off of Testify? Off Been There, which is the album Testify's on. Mm -hmm. Man, I tell you what, we... Uh, we haven't got a chance to really. I mean, I, we did three shows off that album. We did yeah. Minnesota, yeah, and we did a gig. Where at Minnesota? Uh, where was it, Minnesota? I forgot. It was a weird. But it was wonderful. Down. I mean, I, John Hammer was the DJ and uh, oh, there she who is. organized everything, and they were so kind to us. I loved Minnesota. We had a, really we had a time. great time in Minnesota. Uh, but we don't ask us where. I mean, Minnesota was, and Wisconsin are seriously overlooked states. They're really they cool. really it was people really nice. were really yeah. really yeah. it was fun. really nice. Angie and I used to live in Madison, Wisconsin. And it was, it was I heard that Madison, Wisconsin was a musical hotbed. Seriously, That's where seriously, and it it's um it's really weird because all of in Minneapolis is the same thing as as Madison. It, it, between those two states, you have like a really crazy conservative straight line view on everything, and then you go into Madison, and everything's super liberal, and they have this crazy art scene, crazy music scene, and it's like really, really fucking awesome there, it really is. Um, so if, uh, just to give everybody a little bit of a taste of, of the past, what would you play off of the last album? What I would like to do for you is there's a song on the new collection it's actually on volume one okay exhibit a i, I just never get tired of that that's just <laughs> fucking funny if you knew where the title parlor tricks came from i get it i don't know if you do <laughs> i mean i think you, i think you do but specifically uh -huh. my buddy willie wanted to build a parlor where people could get together and discuss I know the willie. events of the yeah. day yeah and imbibe and indulge mm -hmm. while we discuss things right so parlor parlor tricks came from that uh, my buddy Clint Locke, the Savage, named the album. I've known Clint for 20 years. I was going to call it Parlor Music. Okay. But Clint Locke immediately said, oh, no, no, 
parlor tricks. Parlor tricks. And I said, oh. Yeah, Clint is really good at the uh, drop of a dime on being able Dude. to like really speak on things. He is. He is. He is, he is, he is verbally. Verbally sh- sharp, for lack yeah. of a better way. So he po- he posted on my Facebook today. Lacey Jean talks like a coyote walks and sings like a bell rings. That's awesome. Really? That's no. de- yes, that's, he put that on my Facebook. That's definitely today. that's definitely Clint. That, uh, Clint used to work for me. Really? Yeah, I was uh, I managed uh, him, and um, I've I've just known him since he was a kid. Mm-hmm. And seen him grow up and and everything, and seen seen him from his serious music influences of Pantera and Hell Yeah, and and moving into something where he's able to just get up on on stage or in front of people and just like really just riff off the cuff, you know? Really? Yeah. yeah just it's great to see him grow the way that he has. Yeah, Clint, Clint, Clint told me from the time we met, you know, he started saying, "Jonas, you and I are the same guy," and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever." And then we went through this thing, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> we are the same guy. I'm sorry for you. I'm sorry for both of us. Right. <laughs> uh, there's a song on Parlor Tricks. I used to be in a band called uh, St. Moan Church. I can't tell you how much I love Morgan. Um, but we were in this band together along with Brad Denton and Jimmy Cummings. And um, there's a song that I put on this record called Whiskey Down Soul. We used to do this song, and this song was the transition into Testify. Okay. Um, so if you don't mind, we can just do this. Yeah, man, rock it. Yeah. Uh, teach me that lick. The lick is, I forgot. So it's starting on the A. do you like clutch hearing that riff right there somebody just played some clutch for me the other day and they played me two songs it was a while ago i didn't like one but i really really like the other i couldn't tell you what they were okay but that's how i feel about clutch i mean that that lead in that you just played right there yeah they played me the one that sounded like testify it it plays it it plays a whole lot like that what was the name of that song and uh that is um it's it's uh the regulator the regulator yeah yes yeah, yeah. So I mean, as far as new stuff goes, man, I'm I'm one of those guys that everything I I'm constantly discovering things that are old, mm-hmm. either the '70s or the '60s or the '20s and the '30s, and there's so much old music that I'm fascinated with. Very seldom does anything new pop up that I like at all. Okay. I will tell you this: the best thing going to me, what hits me and knocks me on my ass, and nobody's done this well pretty much since Prince, is Beth Hart. Oh yeah, Beth Hart. Beth yeah. Hart is yeah. an amazing artist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It every powerful. Yeah, I, I'm not much into contemporary music, but it, it's weird to be that way. But I always felt like you know, like Led Zeppelin and all those classic rock groups, they were drawn from the same roots and well that I was. Right. You know, I mean, they were just drawn from the blues. That that that's really hard music. To me, everything that comes after that. Plus, they were one of the first groups to sample old stuff, uh, and, and some people label it as stealing. But there's nothing stealing whenever it comes to music. I don't think. There's no. As long art. as you give some cre- credence you know to where what, you, you got it from. You know what my good buddy Bobby Clark says. Bobby Clark says that uh, immature artists imitate. Uh huh. Mature artists steal. steal. 
Yeah, right. He, he, and and I believe that's true. Yeah, Bobby. Either, uh, Bob, uh, you're talking about Bobby Clark Jr., right? No, I'm talking about Bobby Clark. Oh, okay. Bobby right. Clark. You know what oh, I say? I'm thinking Boone Gary Boone. Clark Jr. That's what I'm thinking of. You know what I say? What do you say? Bach did it all. Bach did it all. And we're all stealing from him. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to make it a little bit more funky. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's a little whiskey down so from <clears throat> Parlor Tricks with a little uh, thing from Ben there tacked onto the end. Well, I've been down I had a good look around I've been high and mighty And I've been mighty high And damn near every bar in town Maybe I should settle down Sure, the change would do me good Here I'm still on the run I don't know what it's from And baby, I wish that I could Stay here with you Let this old wicked angel fly Here in your arms I'll never do you no harm I promise now it always happens to me and me When I find a place to call home I pack up my suitcase and my whiskey down so I go around the cold wind blows I go around the cold wind blows I've been a dreamer all of my life I tried to be good and strong But when you're looking for something that never even was You're beaten before you begun Boy, I got some marks Couldn't wait to wear those scars Why I'm so proud The road I went down is beyond me It always happens to me, to me When I find a place to call home I pack up my suitcase and my whiskey down so I go around the cold and blows I go around the cold and blows I go around the cold and blows
bit of flair. <laughs> that, that is a uh, very, it, it, whenever you first hear the song, you hear the rhythm and you hear the way you come in on the vocals and everything. And it's, it's got a very Southern sound to it, which makes you feel like maybe we're coming into a country song. And then whenever you 
<clears throat> really start going into the lyrics and she comes in for the first time. You're talking about a really powerful dynamic that comes in there. You, you know, I can't really get a fix on that song because I know structurally, I know the licks in it, I know the vocabulary. Mm -hmm. It lines itself up like a nice southern rock song, mm -hmm. but in my but head, not. I can't hear it. I don't know how. I don't know how anybody that was not familiar with me mm -hmm. would hear it. So it, I'm curious as to what you. It, it's a very. It's a very. So. I don't know what the right term is, but whenever you come in with a very blues-laden song that has a country twist at the at at the a country twist at the beginning of it. Whenever you hear that first opening chord come in and the way you doon da doon da doon doon then you're talking about like Nazareth. Really? <laughs> really that's, that's cool, man. Yeah, I mean this is yeah, super that, cool. This is really neat for me to hear. Yeah, and um having those two elements come in where you have two string elements playing off of each other. And I'm watching her the way that she watches where you are on the bridge and how she fucking comes in with her first chord and then your lyrics come in with it. You're dealing with a very heavy blues song but with a very southern country feel to it that with the with the lyrics you're gonna have to Rick, make up a new genre. Blues the, is southern, you understand? Very, very, yeah, very. And but I, I would love to be a subgenre of southern rock. You know, whenever you're, whenever you look at Leonard Skinner as a whole, or Nazareth, or BOC, or anything like that, and you look at their deep tracks or the deep cuts, you hear a lot of that. If you, it, it, you whiskey really drinking do. woman, I had an old friend, uh, Vicky, great rock and roll girlfriend. Turn me on to Whiskey Drinking Woman from Nazareth uh, and a couple other tracks. Uh, and there's yeah, a feel of that tracks. in there. Yeah. There's definitely a feel of that whenever you have the steel guitar, whenever whenever you're uh, you know you're sliding on it, and then I see how she's watching where you are on the bridge hitting your notes, and that tells her where to go with it. That's um, a very intuitive deal that you have That's going what on she does. there. And having two stringed instruments play together without a percussion in the middle is um, whatever I saw you tapping. Yes, I try to add some percussion. You're, you're bringing in a little bit of percussion with the strings. And, um, you know, that's just, uh, that's a very unique thing. And uh, obviously there's got to be other musicians out there who do it. But you don't really hear it on any recorded tracks unless you go back to the 70s or early 80s. I gotta tell you something, Chris, just so you know. Um, 15 on the 40, I'm 49, I'm 49. So about 20 years ago, I went on ABX with my compadre Morgan Donahue, and we did an acoustic version of Testify. Okay. I have never done, we have never, she and I have never done this song acoustically at all. This was the first. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't met him. We've never done whiskey. Right. We've never done any of this no, together. No. Eventually, we won't be able to say this, but yeah, we. I know. <laughs> we've never done any of this stuff together. Uh, so, so it's all it's all off the cuff. Yeah, whenever you whenever worth. you're doing things like that and you're able to sit down, and you bring in the rhythm and the lead, and you know where the song is going, and obviously you do too because you mm -hmm. played with him. And whenever you come in and you change it, change it a little bit based on the vibe of the day or the feel mm -hmm. of the day, 
that in itself is the essence of what blues is. Yes, and, that's, is. and that's where I'm following. And, that's where I'm following you. you and, know? You know, and, and you know, yeah. I was in a bad mood earlier. I, I was, we were driving here. And, yeah, uh, I told you. you I really thought, you know, I'll be glad to get there and play. Because yeah. really, know, everything else was extraneous. Yeah. I like to play. And, 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 that, and that is a uh, seeing you guys play that song there, even though I've heard the recorded version or the video version of it and everything. And I've um, I've seen you play a variation of that at Lobo. Mm -hmm. yep. And uh, hearing it in three or four different places like that, and then hearing you play it off the cuff um, with her following, and there's a couple parts there where actually you kind of let her take the lead. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you, oh yeah, 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 you did. Um, that's that's a really cool thing to see, and and for people who don't appreciate what the blues is, the fact of being able to hear and feel the rock mm. that's actually in there—that's the southern rock feel that you get out of it. That's a um, that's a really cool thing, and I think a, a lot of people need to be more exposed to that because yeah. you know today's current music scene. Yeah. doesn't allow itself to, to, to be fit into that but whenever people see things go live that's whenever you get that can I say one thing yeah bro you, you said I let her take the lead you can leave this in or you can take it out mm -hmm. uh, but people see um, a lot of acts and they see cats like pink and they see cats like um, oh I'm just a girl I'm just a girl. Yeah, that's Gwen Stefani. Stefani and, yeah. and, the, and those cats. And they think that women are strong in this industry. Let me tell you, what I've learned is that even in this day and age, in 2020, um, women take a lot of shit in this business. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now. I want to tell you, I've I've learned this from working with Lacey. <laughs> um, I, I want to say this, and this is something I learned from Tommy Steelwell. Because uh, he's had a couple of strong females play with him. Well, what he told me was this, and uh, he credited Buddy Guy with where he heard this from. But, I mean, it's just the way we feel. He said, it doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl, man or woman. It doesn't matter how old you are. Either you're a player or you're not a player. And I, I don't know how else to approach it. You know, yeah. I'll let her take the lead because it's her lead. You know, it's, right. it's not it's not a conscious thing. It's like it, it's the song is transitioning I'm and glad you give it over. I'm here because yeah. she brings everything up a level. There there is no uh, anything else. I get you're it. a player yeah. or you're not a player. Yeah, and it's you know game recognizes game or whatever yes. you know. Yeah, that's a good way and, to put uh, it. Um, the the um, it's not odd, but it is different having two stringed instruments playing yeah. off of each other. Well, and we, and bluegrass. We, I mean, bluegrass you know, but, is awesome. Our, but whenever, our, you, whenever you go past the twang of the of the the rock, the Smoky Mountains, yeah, then bluegrass really loses its appeal. You yeah. know, and whenever you meld it into a southern rock or yeah. a rock blues kind of a sound, which is what you guys do, um, then um, it, it really opens itself up to a different way of listening to it, which is why contemporarily why Clutch was the first thing I thought of whenever I heard you play that opening riff uh, because they really really embrace a whole lot of blues with modern rock right and they're commercially successful mm -hmm. with doing that with some of their stuff so 
and they play string versus string with a harmonica, and they have an organ going yeah, on in the yeah, background. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like their instrumentation. You yeah. know, and, and the way that they compose, and, and the way they're so layered, layered mm -hmm. and dense with everything that they put into one track is... Boy, you really listen to music oh, closely, yeah. don't you? Oh, yeah. I, love, I love it. I love it. <laughs> but, guys, listen to uh, Yes. <laughs> But the the way you guys play off of each other that way is is just a really fantastic thing. To it's see. it's it's a rare treat for me. I haven't had most of the great players that I've gotten to play with have been so far above me, and Lacey's above me. But we've kind of got this running thing. We we really sync up. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've never had a guitar buddy. She's my guitar buddy. Right. You know, it, it's really even though cool. she's playing off her shoulder, it's still the same. And she plays guitar too. Right. Okay. Um, you know, it's nice to have a musical compadre. It yeah, really definitely. Because then you actually get to run down the court and toss the ball back and forth. Yeah, it's a and Batman Robin a, kind of deal. It's a you unique know? experience for me, and I'm digging it. Uh -huh. And really, this is we've done we've done shows together, but to actually be kind of on the spot and you know this stuff's yeah. gonna be recorded. Just, it's very nice, you know, to, yeah, it's to cool. have somebody because it's nerve wracking. We ain't never done it, right? But I feel the way I always feel. I trust her. And she, for some strange, crazy reason, she ain't right. She trusts me, <laughs> and we throw down. Well, you know, not not, yeah. not to like pull the feminist card. In this business, there's there's girl singers. There's not a girl, a lot of girl lead players. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, and whenever somebody comes out like Cheryl Crow, who's able to play, yeah, as a lead, everybody's like, oh fuck, it's like I can't, I thing. can't believe it. I can't yeah. believe it. You know, and, and I never like with Jonas. I mean, we've had female stars since the twenties, right? But I've never oh. had that issue. You know, I just always feel like I can play to my abilities. I can do what I want to do. I watch you play. Can, you can yank Jonas's ass out the fire from time to time, I guess. <laughs> like you did that time in Newburgh. It's like I, she showed up like twenty minutes late, boy, and when she came in the door, she was like. Woo! She Ooh. thought she thought the gig started at nine and started at seven. Oh shit! So she came in and I was not feeling that great. She was ready to tune she up. She came in and I just, I just hung with her. I just backed Lacey up, and that's what we do. <coughs> we do that, and that's the way it should be. I like I like I hate to play things the same way. I know, I right? I hate it. I yeah, love being the put songs, in that template or the cookie cutter kind of a feel of it, where I have yeah. to go up here and do. You this. made me hate a song, right? If I have to do it the same yeah. way every night, but I still love "Born Under a Bad Sign" by Just Albert King and patience. Brian Joins. Yeah, you know, you know twenty. I mean, think if you had to do that every night. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, twenty-nine years ago, whenever that, whenever I don't do it one night. <laughs> whenever, whenever that album came out twenty-nine years ago. Yeah. Was it twenty-nine? Twenty-nine, bro. Holy yeah. shit! Uh, Nineteen ninety-one was the anniversary of that, it and it was actually like, years ago. like just June. Of, and uh, I'm not like, saying that when that but, goes on the radio, I don't sing it as loud as I can. But the thing is, is whenever it first came out, you were like, "Oh my God, there's a revelation there." Yeah. And then now, you know, almost 30 years later, hearing it again, it's almost blasé. Do you know but what But the I... musical fucking genius that is in, in, in there in that song, yeah. and the way that Slash plays, and the I way can that tell Axel you exactly where in, I was when it, I heard Patience. It's just an incredible album, and people are like, they pass on it. 29 years ago, I was on Green River Road. I just left Cat Records. Cat! Yes! And we had bought the new, my buddy Stan Cody was with me. And he was the heavy metal guy, I was the blues guy. But we bought that, and to this day, my, we listened to Rocket Queen on the way over here. Yeah. Uh, just because, I mean, yes, it's, we did, it's a rare thing no, for me. It, but my favorite, my favorite yeah. rock album is Appetite for Destruction. Yeah. 
We put that in, and we heard patients come on, and Stan looked at me, and I looked at him driving, he was driving his Camaro, and we was like, what the fuck? For everybody who only watched And he started MTV. whistling. Yeah. He started whistling. We was like, what the fuck? For everybody who only knew them from MTV and yeah. never saw them live, they had no idea that those chops were there. No idea to be able to well, put oh, that those, that those, kind those of sensibilities song. and sensitivities yeah. and songwriters. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, it Axel and gave, Slash really like reached a pinnacle with that. People song. gave Metallica a lot of bullshit. Um, and I've never been a hard rock Metallica fan at all. But they gave them a lot of bullshit recent you know, over the past few years, decade. Only sold out. And I thought, no, they only grew up, up, bro. They grew up, man. You cannot be angry in your mom's garage forever. And that's kind of why I love the blues. You can't have the kids who who recorded Kill 'em All all of a sudden record with the San Francisco fucking Philharmonic. There's only one band that can do that. And maybe there's a few other bands who are accomplished enough to be able to do that. Right. But as far as being able to carry it off successfully and commercially. They matured, but what they didn't do is they didn't lose their musical sensibilities or sense of direction. No. They just grew up to be men. Yeah. And, you know, they were just young men when they started. Just a little patient. So, you know, I'm a big supporter of old rock and rollers. Yeah. You know, I mean, whether I like their genre, their style or not. Man, if you're in this business for any length of time, yes, you especially are a like fucking or, yeah. You're and if you're a woman in the business, you're a fucking jack. You know, look at Pat, Pat Benatar. Have you or, seen these? I've seen. Have I've you, seen your have guns. You, have, have you felt my forearm? See, this is why I can't let her like. See, just feel them. Just feel. Let, you, okay. you let her sip up a little That's bit. She, she gets. <laughs> she you know, all, you look at Joan. Throw now. You look at Joan Jett, or if you look at Ann and Nancy out out of Seattle. Mm. The originators of grunge, actually. Yeah. They were doing the grunge sound before everybody gave any credence to Not Stone to Temple. Not to mention Harris. Uh, yeah. Emily Lewis. As far as like a rock movement, Hart was doing the whole grunge and that you get from, you know, Stone Temple or Nirvana or any of these guys. They were doing it 10 years before them as women. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that a lot of people don't really look at, how strong that they are. And the fact that, you know, Ann Wilson correct. is going through it's her like, weight it's, problems it's like, it, and it, all this it, stuff and it, still yeah. fucking It's made out. no impression on the God business. Damn. The strength of these female artists, and this is one of the illusions that I've lived under until I started working with women such as Lacey. Um, I thought because of the strength of these female artists, that it wasn't that bad, but not 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 much has changed in the business. I mean, as far as how they're perceived, perceived oh. and treated. Yeah, they're, they're they're perceived. They're really they're no because I think perception wise is the deception. Yeah, yes. The way exactly. you treat it. I mean, I've seen it on my own stage, mm-hmm. and I fired people because of it. I've seen it happen you on my really own stage. Did. You really, that would. Well, really you know, did. you don't talk to Lacey like that. You, really you, know, you just don't do that. <laughs> you just don't do that. You really did that. Not on the stage. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this part here. Again, this is uh, uh, Brother Jonas, Jonas Cowan, and Lacey Jean. We're talking about the new album, Exhibit A, coming out on August the 19th. Whenever we come back, we're going to drop something on Facebook Live, and then we're going to wrap everything up with the What Your F and Ben. Oh, we're going on Facebook Live. Oh, yeah. Are we playing? I'm just now lit enough to, like, oh, no, not live. How do you feel like doing something, Lacey?
some cold, cold ground. I ain't telling no story.